You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. Thanks for joining us on this Monday morning. Aaron and Jake hanging out in the Caldwell Banker this Group. This is the love talk. It's the master's uh, theme. Ma- yeah, I know. Our master's correspondent, uh, Teddy Allen, joins us from Augusta. Teddy, how you been, man? What's going on? I'm good. It's rainy here in Augusta. I'm thinking this, I miss y'all and I'm eager to get back home. But it was quite a yeah. tournament over here, as it usually is. All right, several different storylines, and let's start with the winner, Patrick Reed. We've read up on you know his past and you know going through the high school and college ranks and the issues that he's had and the uh, family situation that he has, and he's from you know he played college in Augusta. So at, at first, you would have think that the, the the patrons there and of course the gallery would embrace this guy, but the sense I got, it was just kind of like, all right, uh, Patrick Reed is going to win this. Thing. <laughs> When they, on the number one tee box, they announced him and everybody clapped, you know, and then they announced Rory and they clapped a lot louder. And what Patrick Reed said was that, um, and you know, this isn't in Ireland, he's from Ireland, so Reed said afterwards, that just, he said that kind of took some pressure off him, you know, put it on Rory. A lot of gamesmanship between those two. He's just a, he's just a solid golfer, whether you, whether, you know, his attitude, or he, he's one of those guys you look at and his face is kind of, you know, if you were in high school and you look at him across the cafeteria, you just want to go over there and kick his teeth in. He looks kind of spoiled <laughs> and pouty. And, but that's just that's just how he is. But he's really a joy. The players love him to be on their team. He's that kind of guy. You want him yeah. on your team, you want him on the other team. Because he's very, very, just he's a spectacular young talent. He is like yeah. so many of them. Are. I mean, if you look at that board yesterday, there was a lot of guys way up high in the U.S. world rankings, most of them American, uh, Fowler and, and, and Spieth and this, this kid. And anyway, uh, he's just one of those athletes that comes along that kind of rubs most people the wrong way by the way he carries himself. And, um, somebody asked him about his family yesterday. He said, I'm just here to win golf tournaments. I, I hope to get with him one day and ask him about that, but... <laughs> Mainly, mainly what I, I just, I just love watching him play golf. He, yeah. And and he he worked so hard to develop some shots that he needed for here. And he was very patient. He shot seventy seven, seventy six last year. Yeah. And this is a kid who said, um, after he won his first golf tournament, you know, what, three years ago, I, hey, I'm I'm one of the top five players in the world. And he yeah. he said yesterday, I stand by what I said, and I yeah. agree with him. Yeah. I don't know how he can say he's not. Uh, well, here's wife, one reason you can say he's not. So many people are good. There's a lot of good young golf out there. My wife almost summed it up best. I mean, we're watching Ricky Fowler, watching Jordan Spieth, and then Patrick Reed, and she says down the stretch, well, I'm not rooting for that chunkster. And I said, well, that's not well, fair. It's, it's not, but they, other guys are so likable. Yeah. I mean, they, they're just so likable. Even even the, the Spaniard, John Rahm, who's 23 years old, is going to win a lot of golf tournaments. And he he shot himself out when he went on the in the water on 15 yesterday. But uh, you know he's a different kind of brass. I mean he he was pounding his club in the dirt and hanging his head. You know putting his hands on his knees after 15. It's a real honest show of 
sadness, et cetera. He's, they're all just so likable. Uh, and then this, <laughs> and this guy just seems like a sourpuss kind of guy. But he would not get out of the way yesterday. People trying to yeah. pass him, and he's like a guy on the interstate who just hogs the road, and he just would not let him through. And that was pretty impressive. I made a big mistake in the 7 o'clock hour. I tried to compare my game to Jordan Spieth or at least hitting tree limbs or trees. Jake uh, corrected me on that. What do you make of his round and then coming to the 18th and off the tee hitting that tree limb? Yeah, he, he, he tried to go down the left side to uh, to have a you know good shot into where the pin was low. You want to get up there high where uh, Reed ended up being, the slickest you know part on that green. And he just hit as we say when we play golf golly it was that one limb it's always that yeah. one <laughs> yeah. that one limb that gets you he was on his way to a 62 i mean he it could have been a yeah. it could have matched uh, the low round in any major ever it still was the low round on sunday 64 at augusta um trying nick price and greg norman has shot 60 i'm sorry 63 63s there it was just a, it was just a spectacular round, and Ricky Fowler said after the thing, you know, it's his friend. He said, you know, sometimes, I mean, if you know him, you just you're not surprised. It's just every now and then he's going to be he's going to be Jordan and do something like that. Mm. Uh, he actually walked off the 16 green after making that 33. You know, can you believe this footer uh, mm. tied? But at the same time. Reed was lining up a, an eight-foot putt on 14 that he drilled for birdie to get the lead back. It was a, it was a, you know, you expected somebody to make a run. Like Reed said afterwards, I knew somebody was going to make a run and, and go low. I didn't know they were going to post that low of a number. So he was, he said it was nerve-wracking. He can't imagine being more uh, challenged on any Sunday than than he was yesterday. Mm. It's not getting a lot of talk or a lot of play this morning, but you got to be a little lucky to win one of these things. And I don't remember what hole it was when Reed's ball did not roll all the way back into the water. Yeah, 13. Uh, said he didn't hit it really good. He knew at that part of the little tributary, if it rolls back, it's not in water. It's going to be in sand. So he's going to have a – I mean, it's not a good shot, but he's going to have to get it up onto the green from there without taking a penalty stroke. Um. So he was not that overly concerned, but it helped him popping the ball up because on 15, I'm trying to think of where it was, he had a, or it may have been, I think it was 15, he had another, not shot exactly like that, but he had to have the same kind of action on it, so it actually helped him practice for that. But yeah, he was very lucky, and everybody was. I mean, again, Spieth makes a 33-footer. Um, mm. you got to have some kind of break out there to... Mm. To win, and that was that was his, and he took advantage of it. You know, he he had shot the par fours. He had played twelve. I mean, the par fives. He had played twelve par fives and um, thirteen under. Mm. So he was he led the the field in scoring on par fives of like four point one nine or something like that. Mm. But he didn't. <laughs> he made zero birdies uh, Sunday and still shot a seventy one. Win it on the par five where you can score. He did. Still held on. Our correspondent Teddy Allen joins us from the Masters. Uh, Teddy, you talk about catching a break or two. When does Ricky Fowler actually catch a break and he ends up, you know, is he always going to be a bridesmaid? Yeah. No, uh, 
he shot 65, 67, and again, if he's just not five back, uh, then he's, you know, possibly winning this thing. But he said yesterday that <clears throat> until this week, this was the first major where he felt, okay, I can, I can win a major. I should, I can compete. I'm comfortable with this. And to me, who doesn't love Ricky Fowler? He's my son's favorite golfer. Um, he's the only guy who can pull off orange pants and not get beat up. I, he said he's he's ready now, and I think he'll he'll compete. He says we're looking for the next three majors. He's got all the shots, and it's just in it's just a mental mental thing. Patrick Reed said yesterday that was the difference for him. I mean, he decided. And his brother-in-law, Caddy, you know, let's be patient. Let's stick to this and let's don't change. Unless we get behind and have to do something crazy, make some sort of crazy shot toward the end of the round. So at 15, he's thinking, should I go for it? He's hearing the roars. He knows that he's looking at the leaderboard. And uh, his brother-in-law said, nag, we're going to lay up on 15. We're gonna, the worst that's going to happen is a, is a par. We're not going to try to do anything stupid. And he said, okay, that's what we'll do. And that's what he did. And it came down to making uh, – you know, getting two putts to roll in on on 18, and, and you win it by stroke, which counts the same as if you win it by two or five. So Fowler's Ta- gonna he's been playing long enough to where and watching these and watching his buddies, and um, he, he's gonna he's there now, thinking his brain. Teddy, with the buildup, of course, with Tiger, and then what took place on Thursday and Friday, you go into the weekend, and then of course dealing with the weather conditions on Saturday. Did you sense a little bit of a letdown from the the patrons there over the weekend? Um, maybe. I mean, everybody's no doubt that Tiger's good for the game. Just walking this property four days is hard, and it's difficult for me to imagine it if I had back fusion and surgery seven months ago. Mm. And this is championship golf, and I don't think the majority of people have an appreciation of how good these people are. So that Woods was able to do what he did is fascinating and should be encouraging for the Tiger fans. I don't think there was any, there was a huge crowd here yesterday. It's crowded on the back as I've seen it. Um, so they had plenty of good golf to watch. It would have been semi fascinating had, had, had Woods been in there, but even he said after the round, Saturday, he said, I'm, I'm not ready to win the Masters again yet. Mm-hmm. It's just a, it's very difficult. And if you're a Tiger fan, he, he may win another tournament. He's a very good player, but he's, he's not the 10 years ago Tiger. Mm-hmm. You know, time's undefeated. Teddy, from your experience this past weekend at the Masters, will there be one lasting image or a story that you'll carry away from this year's event? I think that um, the you know it's supposed to be supposed to be yesterday. Steve, um, not Steve, um, Patrick Reed and Rory McIlroy. And they, I sat right by a guy who um, is from Ireland, who's the Irish news guy. And he's the Rory guy. And even after after he missed the eagle putt short at two, him and another guy who works for Big Sky Sports over in uh, England. They're like the ESPN of England. He said, "That's it." He ain't winning today because they watch him every week. Mm. Um, he just, in his brain, Roy McElroy couldn't. He was just the 
befuddled and didn't have. He shot a 65 Saturday, and yesterday he shot a 74, which was tied for the third highest score in the Sunday round. So even though he's played beautifully coming into the thing, uh, into the final round, he just disappeared. And to me, that's kind of befuddling. He's going after his if his A game. If everybody's playing their A game, he's better. Better than George Speaks, better than Patrick Reed. He's the best, but he just can't seem to lately get through 72 holes. So it was surprising that he disappeared, but the rest of the field, like Rom and uh, Spieth and Fowler, took up the slack and really gave everybody a, you know, such a memorable um, Masters. It would have been – Spieth's comeback would have been the, the biggest ever, except it wasn't. Because, you know, he played 71 holes, awesome, and 72, <laughs> that one limb. So, it was a fun time. It was a, it was a wonderful event. All right, let's wrap up with this. A majority of the media, yeah. media members, like yourself, are making their way back from Augusta today. But there are a few lucky ones that get to play a round now at the course today. You had this opportunity years ago, and it's one of my favorite stories can you put into words what that experience is like and, and, and just retell a little bit of that story, how cool that was for you to play the day after a Sunday at the Masters? Yeah, it's drizzling here this morning, so I feel bad that they're not going to have a beautiful day to play on like I did. But it was a, it's a Monday. They give you a little card. You get the magnet. I had to go. I wouldn't wash my car, which is parked under a tree all week. So I said, I can't do that. It tried to present myself nicely and, the state trooper sees your ticket and he says, "Man, Mr. Allen, welcome to the welcome to Magnolia Lane." I said, "Can I drive down this like at about two miles an hour?" He said, "People do that all the time. Take the time." Hmm. So, guy takes your car and you get you get a locker in the in the champions locker room. I was, I was with Phil Mickelson, Hell Irwin, and a couple of dead guys. There's little plaques up there, you know. And then they just treat you like a king. Now, when it's time for you to go. They don't mind seeing you go, but while you're there, it's just time to go. But but while you're there, spectacular. I, I go to the driving range, and big guy, big good-looking guy, and I got his uh, you know, overalls on the jumpsuit, white thing. He says, "What you want to hit?" And I said, "If you'll just stand here with me for five minutes, I, I'll give you money from my wallet. If you'll just let me just stand here with you, and embrace what's going on." And it was just. There's nobody out there. The ropes are down. It looks entirely different. Hmm. And it's just that piece of property, when God made it, it's like when he made dogs. He's had to take the rest of the day off. But, you know, I, I'm just not going to get any better today. I'm just going just gonna to enjoy this. So I'm very grateful for the memory. Um, hmm. Had to borrow clubs. Had to borrow shoes. I didn't even know they had a lottery. It was my first year here. And, and I'll be forever grateful to have been able to do that and next year lord willing i'm eligible to be in the lottery again you can you can sign up once every seven years to play you wow. can't sign up for seven more yeah so there's 28 guys out there this morning that are uh gonna have a, an experience unlike any other it's if you ever get a chance if you get a chance to come i encourage people to you know, go online and, and, and get in the lottery to get a badge mm. to come out here and if you get a practice round badge that ain't a bad deal it's mm. Guys are a lot looser. They're practicing. They may hit, you know, they may hit 15 balls on a green. Uh, just practicing. You can get autographs in, which you can't do during the tournament. Um, 
out. It's, Teddy, it's, that it's, day, that day, you're standing in a number one tee box. How nervous were you? I, I wasn't nervous. I was with four buddies of mine. I mean, these, these three guys are real good guys. Um, our caddies were awesome. Nobody's out there. So I wasn't nervous. I was just, I was already sad that in, you know, three and a half hours it was, I was going to be leaving. <laughs> I think <laughs> it, it was just, it was priceless to, to be there. Now, it, the most wonderful thing is you got to look at a putt and, and the caddy will put his foot down and say, look, hit it here. And there's no way that I'm supposed to hit it where he says, but it's fascinating how well they know the thing. If you have, if you've got a little bit of game and you, um, do what your caddy says. I mean, you can you can shoot eighty out there, which is what our friend Roy Lane did. You know, he he he's a pretty good golfer, and and these guys know the course. It's just those greens are they're incredibly tough, which is what you can't really appreciate on television. But you know, thank you, Lord, for letting me be able to play there on that marvelous Monday. Seven Teddy, years ago, right for- now. Uh, yeah, thanks thank for joining. Hey, hey uh, Teddy, people want to uh, see some more of your work from this past weekend. Where they need to go? Well, I don't know why they want to. You're sportscaster of the year, I understand, and I congratulate you and thank you for the passion you bring to your job. And I'm not just saying that; I really, really do appreciate it because it's not easy making it look easy. So thank you. And if you want to go to the Shreveport Times or Monroe News Star, it should be online, and it is certainly at designatedwriters.com. We've got a uh, wrap of kind of a magazine story of the weekend, and we've got some uh, master's notes at the Daily Happen at designatedwriters.com. So thank you both for letting me hang with you a minute. Thank you, Teddy. Good stuff this week. Appreciate it, bud. Safe travels. See back. you, friend. Teddy. There, we there it go. is. Yeah, there we go. It only took all week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, finally. Uh, I would hit a worm burner standing up that first tee. I don't care if there's nobody out there still. Can you imagine first hole getting an opportunity to play I can on imagine, that course? I can imagine what you would look like out there, yes, for sure. <laughs> I would hit a couple trees just like uh, Jordan Speed did. Yeah. But it wouldn't be a limb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It would uh, be a trunk. <laughs> also, can I propose that from now on instead of your good morning, yeah. your, your yeah. uh-huh. alarming good morning, uh-huh. Can we kind of ease into the good morning? <laughs> yes. You know, kind of like you're the love doctor or something. <laughs> I, I I would prefer that. Uh, what do you make of uh, Patrick Reed? He had his uh, brother-in-law on his bag, but his wife used to be his caddy. How well would that work out for uh, most people out there? Not well, no. <laughs> how, how would it work out with your wife? Uh, not well at all. <laughs> so I have a hard time breaking, what, 95 with her on my bag. It would probably be about, what, 110? <laughs> Be I don't even like it when she's bait. sitting next to me when we're playing blackjack. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that yeah. wouldn't work out. Yeah. 888-993-7762. The Morning Drive is back after this. Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price for how many doors, cars, trucks, and SUVs, the king of the road car king. We treat you like royalty, we earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing, the king of the road, the king of the road, car king.
If you or a loved one have been injured or a victim of medical malpractice, you need to go Guerrero. I'm Lauren Guerrero, and my father is Jeff Guerrero. He has helped thousands of people who have been injured in auto accidents, offshore accidents, drug recalls, and victims of medical negligence. So if you or a loved one have been injured through no fault of your own, do what thousands of injured clients have already done. Go Guerrero. Call 24 hours a day at 325-4306 or come by the office at 2200 Forsyth Avenue in Monroe. Local sports talk is on the air. On the morning drive, this hour is sponsored by Car King in Monroe. Baseball is back, but as teams look for players with all the tools to help win games, they usually cost them an arm and a leg. Luckily, when it comes to working on your car this season, things are a lot easier. You can get all the tools you need with the AutoZone free Lona Tool program. They have over 100 specialty tools to help get the job done right. Just leave a deposit and bring it back when you're done. With free services from AutoZone, you can't lose. So stop in today and get in the zone, AutoZone. In his new movie, Rampage, Dwayne The Rock Johnson gets a little more than he bargained for when his best friend George, a rare albino gorilla, gets a dose of genetic altering material that grows him and two other animals into building-sized, city-destroying monsters. So if The Rock's going to save the world, he has to save his best friend George and take down the other threats. This Hollywood blockbuster has it all. Amazing special effects, incredible action sequences, and above all, some serious heart and Dwayne Johnson's charm. Don't miss Rampage in theaters Thursday. Rated PG-13. Grab another cup of coffee and keep tuned to the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King and Monroe. Welcome back to the show. You continue to hit us up at 888-993-7762. Is there a couple of things we have not uh, touched base on yet, Jake? Yes. Got a couple of random headlines here. First, I got to give it to the Alliance of American Football. I made what? fun of them. Uh-huh. I I still don't think it'll be a success overall. Yeah. But uh-huh. they are grabbing headlines uh-huh. for announcing a head coach for their Orlando team. Who'd they get? Steve Spurrier. You don't say. You've got my attention, Alliance. You've got my attention with this. Um, Spurrier, who will turn 73 later this month, is going to coach this Orlando team. And I think it's a home run for PR. For PR, exactly. Um, and he, he said the fact that I can do this in Orlando makes it much sweeter. I'm fired up and ready to go. All right, let me stop you there. Okay, one of the things Spurrier was always known for, it, it, I wouldn't say lack of work ethic, but he talked about the fact he didn't have to be like Gruden where he felt like he had to be in the office right. 20 hours out of you know, a day he could, he could separate work and of course, fun. Leisure. Yeah. And then of course that was his staff. Also, they'd take plenty of times to go play golf. Well, this is his opportunity now, collect a paycheck, kind of be relatively in the headlines. And also I'm sure get to play a lot of great golf in Orlando. Sure. And I'm assuming he's keeping his job with the Florida Gators as well. So he can kind of multitask yeah. there. I, I, think I don't know why you didn't give this more of a chance when, they, when they're starting a year ahead of Vince McMahon. So they're getting a jump start on them. And also, of course, with the background that the Ebersols have in TV, I think that gives them a leg up also. I just don't understand it because I think it's oversaturation. Not if they beat I understand uh, McMahon's in, thing to the punch. But you're still going to have the intrigue of the XFL coming back. Mm. 
You know what I mean? Like that is for for the wrong reasons. That is an established property. Like people are interested in that train wreck. They're gonna want to tune in to the XFL to see what it looks like. What's different about it? And it's you know by all, from what we've heard seems to be it's going to be a lot different than the first time we saw it. But I just think that has the X has that going for it. The Alliance is something completely new, and you've seen the NFL ratings dip, and people can point to all sort of different reasons. I still think it's just so much football on. You know what I mean? And the fact that now you're going to ask people to tune in year-round to football, I just don't think that's going to be a success. Now your hardcore fans are going to tune in, because I'm sure we're going to get a lot of texts here, oh, what's wrong with more football? For us hardcores, there's nothing wrong with that. But I'm talking about the casual fans, which is what they need to get in order to, to stay alive and, and uh, succeed in this TV market. Mm. Well, still pretty good. I'm glad you're giving them a little bit of credit, the fact they get Spurrier involved. Yeah, I, I, hats off to them. Now, uh, we talked a lot about uh, John Carlos Stanton's struggles with the New mm-hmm. York Yankees, how he was booed. He went 0 for 5 and struck out several times. Man, things did not get better for him. Uh He's still getting booed, and after his first week with the Yankees, you want to guess what his batting average is? Take a take a guess. One sixteen. One oh seven. Ooh, you were pretty close. He is. He went three for twenty eight with sixteen strikeouts in his first six games with the Yankees. Mm. So uh, he he says, yeah, I just got to look at this as a bad week, and you know the season's much longer than a week, which is so true. And Aaron Judge even said that, you know. We'll probably look back at this in August and laugh about it. But uh, not a great start for Stanton in New York. I thought you were going to bring up the Otani guy. <laughs> Otani. Otani. What a week. What yeah. a game for him. Uh, Home debut, correct? Yes. And he had already had a fabulous pitching performance earlier this year. And then he goes out there and he mows down 19 batters in order uh, and route to a no-hit bid. He only allowed one hit in seven innings. And you're talking about a two-way player. So... Yeah, he has been worthy of the hype. I think a lot of people uh, – I saw some people predicting that this would fail, that, that he wouldn't. And, of course, we're only a weekend. It can still fail. But, man, you talk about first-week results. Otani and Stanton are on opposite ends of the spectrum here. Uh, but, yeah, Otani's got things rolling right now. Mm. And uh, shame on you. You didn't even mention the weekend that uh, Johnny Football had Johnny Manziel back on the football field Saturday night in Austin. Oh, how far they have fallen. He throws one touchdown pass in his spring league debut. His team loses a thriller 11-7, to but he did complete his first seven passes, finishing 9-15 of for 82 yards in about two quarters. Of That's a baseball score, 11-7. to um, yeah. Diehard football fans, though. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know what to make of this. I'm rooting for him. The Spring League bills itself as an elite developmental league and scouting event for professional football talent. The league has one more set of games scheduled for Thursday when Menzel will get another opportunity to showcase his skills to NFL teams. There's about, he's 170 players that are actually paid to participate in this league. Hmm. He'll make his way back to the big leagues in no time. 888-993-7762. Let's take a timeout. Coming up next, talk a little college baseball. Big weekend for ULM. The voice of the Warhawks, Nick White, joins us after the break. Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price for how many doors, cars, trucks, and SUVs, the king of the road, car king. We treat you like royalty. 
you earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing the king of the road, the king of the road, car king. The North Louisiana Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Clinic is dedicated to helping you get back to your old self, maybe even better. Whether a sports-related injury or an accident in daily life has you sidelined, let the progressive, all-star team of physicians, therapists, and professional staff at North Louisiana Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Clinic provide superior service and results. Visit us at MonroeOrtho.com to schedule your appointment at one of our three locations in Ruston, West Monroe, or 1501 Louisville Avenue in Monroe. Brad Parker and his wife Leah opened the Iron Cactus in Calhoun, Louisiana on July 12, 2010 and has made Iron Cactus into a -a one-of-a-kind restaurant and, in my opinion, the best Tex-Mex in the area. They now have a second location at 428 Desired Street in Monroe. Iron Cactus offers a family-friendly environment that's open for lunch and dinner and also has an array of platters for your catered events. Every time you visit Iron Cactus, you'll find a dedicated and grateful staff with a commitment to deliver the best Tex-Mex, along with the fresh ideas that will make you want to come back again and again. They pride themselves in using fresh food to meet your expectations of a delicious dining experience, and they look forward to serving you in a simple cantina setting. What's better than the Iron Cactus fajitas? Eating them with a margarita, obviously. They are so excited to announce they are now serving your favorite margaritas, wine, and ice-cold beer in downtown Monroe. 428 Desired Street, Monroe, and 1304 Highway 80 East in Calhoun. Local Sports Talk is on the air. On the morning drive, this hour is sponsored by Car King and Monroe. Welcome back. It's now time to hear from the voice of the Warhawks. Nick White joins us for his weekly visit on the Stuart Shelby Hotline. Nicholas, what's going on, bud? Hey, uh, good morning, guys. Uh, let me first, uh, before we get into anything uh, that you guys want to talk to me about, uh, congratulate you, Aaron. Uh, another uh, great weekend for you, man, uh, and, and KNOE. Uh, you guys are the gold standard around here. And, uh, really proud of you, uh, Bud. Uh, great, uh, great weekend down in New Orleans for you guys, uh, racking up some more awards, man. Really proud of you and happy for you. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. Uh, Nick, plenty to discuss in an award-winning weekend, or at least a, a doubleheader for ULM. What do you make of uh, those two wins for the Warhawks? You, you look at, we talk about baseball as a crazy game. The lack of hits for the Hawks, but they still figure out a way to win two. I don't know, man. <laughs> I, was, I was texting somebody, uh, you know, last night, and, uh, I mean, it's just been a crazy season. I mean, just, just you know, just going back to, to the way the season started, I mean, you know, a doubleheader with, with two walk-offs, I mean, that that's amazing. And, you know, two weeks ago, um, you know, the, the way that, that series of Arkansas State played out, and and then yesterday, I mean, um, you know, the weather Saturday, by the way, I mean, that, that was just, that was horrible. I mean, you know, you're playing 40 degrees, 16-mile-an-hour winds, rain with some sleep mixed in with that. I mean, that – and, oh, by the way, you had a horrible call, a four-man umpiring crew changes the call at third base, resulting in, in a bit of irony here. You know, Matt Collins with his teammates all down in the, in the right field patio, uh, Matt Collins gets ejected 
uh, after, you know, they, they end up calling uh, Peyton Lacoste out at third base. So uh, Matt Collins gets ejected, has to serve a suspension yesterday uh, as in, in game two or the first game of the doubleheader. And, um, you know, they, they collect three hits in, in the first game, get a two-run home run by, by Turner Francis in the bottom of the eighth and, and went three to two. And then, you know, they're, they're, they're hitless through seven and two-thirds and, uh, you know, get get a opportunity. Chad Bell at first base, Johnny De La Cruz, who's been clutch all year long, um, you know, comes to the plate and uh, comes up with a, a right center field double, um, you know, Bell with two outs, and so he, he's running on contact, and he scores easily, and here you go, one hit, holds up, and Keegan Curtis had got the save in the first game of the doubleheader yesterday. By the way, in that first game of the doubleheader, I don't know if you've seen the highlight, Aaron, but he made a Sports Center esque play after he gave up a, a leadoff single. Uh, Texas State's trying to trying to bunt uh, and sacrifice down to second base, and uh, they pop up a bunt. He makes a, a forward dive on a catch, and then on one knee throws over to first to double them off. So instead of them moving. The runner down to second base with one out, they get a double play, and then he mows them down to get the save. And then he gives up a leadoff double in the, in the top of the ninth and uh, gets out of it and, and gets the win. It's just amazing. It's just crazy. And, and here's, here's the other crazy thing. This Warhawk baseball team now, guys, is one game out of first place in the Western Division in the Sun Belt Conference. How amazing is that through, through four weekends? So – um, you know, pr- pretty amazing. Uh, half game back at Little Rock, who they play this weekend. Um, just, just crazy, crazy turn of events once again. Four hits and uh, you can say 18 innings, but what technically was 17 innings of baseball yesterday and uh, two wins. Uh, you'll take it. And uh, now you get a, a full week, uh, no no midweeks, and get set for a big series up in Little Rock. Nick, I love that backstory with uh, Collins with his uh, 2018 mates there, and he gets run out of the game. That's pretty good. It wasn't planned. I mean, it was pure emotion, and, and I don't yeah, blame I him. And that's, I mean, yeah. how often do you see that? You don't have replay. If we were back at Arkansas like we were, you know, Tuesday and Wednesday, and you have replay and you change it, okay. But how, how often do you see a call overturned without replay? You never see that. And yeah. And here's the fact. Here's the funny thing about it. Whether you know out safe, whatever, the person, the umpire, it, it was the situation was a first and second situation with one out. It was a ground ball deep in the hole to second base. And I'll credit Texas State's uh, shortstop Shirley made made an outstanding effort to even get the baseball over to third base. But once again, remember what I said: first and second. This is a four-man umpiring crew. All right. So everybody, you know, home plate umpires got home plate responsibility. First base umpires got first base responsibility. Second base umpire, that's very important, has second base responsibility. Third base umpire has third base responsibility. Gary Swanson was the third base umpire. He made the call. He was three feet from the bag, by the way, made the call of safe. Uh, Ty Harrington, head coach for Texas State, comes out immediately and uh, argues the call, which any coach would. I mean, I don't I don't begrudge him at all for doing that. He's got to stand up for his team. The umpiring crew comes together, and um, you know the the uh, the second base umpire, uh, I guess, was the crew chief once again. Second base umpire, and 
he's the one who changes the call and says out. Now, once again, remember the situation that I said, first and second. Shouldn't the second base umpire be paying attention to second base at the time? How can he see what's going on at third base? How can he say and make the decision to change the call there? So um, Matt Collins uh, was a little upset, rightfully so. Uh, He was run pretty quick. Um, Coach Federico went out there and argued the call for an extended period of time. There is a rule if you're ejected. Uh, you have to sit out uh, the next game. So, uh, you know, volunteer assistant Brandon Belanger, uh went and, uh, you know, he called the offense for the, the end of the game one and then had it for game two. But here's how meticulous Coach Federico, and I learned this yesterday morning, uh, you know, with, with the team, they practiced the situation, actually. They practiced Coach Collins getting kicked out of a ball game and B- Coach Belanger having to go over to third base and give out the signals. So, uh, that's how detailed Coach Fed and, and, and his baseball team that he's been uh, all year long, they practice this exact same situation uh, early you know, in, in the fall and getting ready for this year. So uh, they were prepared for it and ready for it, and um, you know, they didn't miss a beat. So just, just yeah. a crazy weekend once again. Got a text here, uh, Nick. Uh, somebody wants to know about the progress uh, Keegan Kirkus has made this year. We've heard about his talent for many years. Live fastball, um, you know, he was hitting up at Arkansas. and There's, there's no uh, radar gun at Warhawk Field, but up at Arkansas, he was hitting, you know, 94, 95 up there. And, you know, he took the loss up there uh, on Tuesday night. And, um, you know, here's a kid who, who started his uh, freshman and sophomore years, battled some, some arm injuries, and um, kind of, you know, shifted to, to a bullpen role. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm proud of him and, and the way that, that he's kind of, you know, made, made a decision to move into that role and has really been, you know, their dude uh, to come out of the bullpen. And, you know, he, he went and threw 14 pitches in, in the first game yesterday. And Coach Fed talked to me post-game yesterday and brought him in in the, in the seventh inning yesterday and, and you know, kind of got up there, but talked to him in the ninth inning and said, hey, you know, there's no midweek games this week. What do you think? He said, give me the ball. I, I want it. And, and he went out there and, and took it and got the win. So, uh, and that's what's important. I, w- I want you to recall, you know, I've said many times, that these guys and these returners in particular, they've had a little chip on their shoulder all year long because of, you know, some of the things that were said about them at the, at the end of last year. And, you know, the guys that were making plays, um, you know, this weekend and have been making plays are returners. Keaton Curtis, I mean, that, that's a returning pitcher there. Uh, Spencer Hemphill a couple of weeks ago with a walk-off grand slam. Turner Francis is a returner. He had a two-run home run last uh, yesterday in, in the bottom of the eighth. Johnny De La Cruz is a returner. He had a, a double into right center field. I mean, you know, and, and the, the you know the list goes on and on and on. You know, these are these are guys that that have been in this program and have a little chip on their shoulder. They feel like they're better than what they were represented last year. And so um, I like the mentality and the makeup of these guys and, and the way that they're going out there and finding ways to win baseball games. It might not be the, the prettiest way uh, to go out there and win, but a win's a win, and uh, you take it any, any day of the week. And the beauty of it, Nick, uh, winning two or three versus Texas State, and now uh, no midweek game, as you mentioned, and uh, get a little time to rest up before traveling to Little Rock this weekend. That's right, and and you know you look at 
it's, it's, you know, you start looking at what's going down down the line, and you're trying to get to Lafayette, and you know, I think you know, the, the obvious goal was was to get into the conference tournament, and now uh, you start looking at, at positioning yourself as, as not just getting in, but now you, you want to try to position yourself to be a, a top six seed in in the Sun Belt tournament, and, and that means that you don't have to play in, in the quote unquote play in. Uh, games there, and, and that's what they're positioning themselves to do. You know, they, they now have a one-game edge on Texas State, which is essentially a two-game edge because they have the tiebreaker that's inside the division. They have the same – they're on Arkansas State. They've played four series right now. They've won their two home series. Uh, they've dropped their two road series, but they haven't been swept uh, in any of the series. So they're 6-6 six and six right now. And uh, they go up to Little Rock, who, um, you know, they battled weather this weekend. They only played two games up there. They were battling freezing rain on Saturday and couldn't get anything in on, on Friday. But, uh, once again, they're at 6-5 and five right now. They got a high RPI, playing good baseball under Coach Curry. And, um, you know, we'll see how, how they can handle another uh, divisional bow in Little Rock and see if they can go and uh, try to get a road series. And then uh, you're at the halfway point, and uh, if you have a winning record, at the halfway point, boy, uh, you can start to see some momentum uh, really shift the Warhawks' way because then uh, you look at, at the way the uh, the rest of the schedule unfolds, they'll have uh, three of their last five series uh, in, in uh, Warhawk Field. That really sets up nicely for them. And uh, they only have very few uh, midweek games left, only three uh, midweek games left, if uh, memory serves me correct, two with Grambling and one with uh, – two, actually four, uh, two with Grambling and two with McNeese State. So uh, – yeah. Really, it's all about conference play uh, moving forward. Voice of the Warhawks, Nick White, joins us on the Stuart Shelby Hotline. The other big news, ULM-related this weekend, the announcement coming out, a 2018 kickoff with Doug Peterson out at Fan Ewing on uh, April 21st. How cool is this to have a Super Bowl-winning coach to come back to Monroe to give a speech? Well, it's it's great to see, and, and you know, as, as soon as as Stephen you know made the Super Bowl, I, I was hoping that this was something they were going to uh, make happen. Now, obviously, there's more than just you know saying, hey, you know, you hope it, you make it happen. You got to uh, make sure that that things can work out and schedules and, and conflicts and, and all that stuff. And uh, it did work out. You know, had it been on draft weekend, I, I imagine Doug probably wouldn't have been able to make it, but. Uh, it's going to work out to where uh, he's going to make it in. And uh, certainly, you know, having a son on the team is, is going to help him be able to make it in for that. But uh, you, you've got to, you got to do that. I mean, you know, and, and he, he certainly, um, he got a, he's got to parlay off of the success of what Doug did in winning the Super Bowl, and, um, you know, and, and certainly having a, a son on the team. But, uh, you know, it's a good way to, to kind of kick off your season ticket campaign announcement came out a couple of weeks ago about the lowering of season ticket prices but uh you know it's kind of put up or shut up time as well it it seems as though this is going to be a a a really good year for for ulm and the third year under under coach b with nine offensive starters returning including marcus green and caleb evans and uh i can't think of a better way to kind of kick off that campaign and uh you know, folks want to buy in and, and be a part of uh, of, a, of a winner and, and you know, a part of the success. And uh, you know, there, there's one of your own right there who just won a Super Bowl, and he's going to try to try to rally the troops here in uh, less than two weeks and be a part of it. And uh, I think the price point is right to come and be a point of, be a part of a uh, 
Super Bowl uh, winner and uh, come and be a part of it. And uh, hopefully folks will come out and uh, not just do that, but also uh, get some season tickets as a part of it. Appreciate it, Nick. All right, guys, have a good one. And uh, we will visit with you guys next week. Sounds good. Nick what? The voice of the Warhawks. Hey, uh, April 21st is when uh, the thing is with uh, Doug Peterson. That's actually a huge day on campus. Uh, first, at 1 o'clock, you got a ULM baseball versus App State. Then uh, later on in the day, a ULM spring football game. And then, of course, coming up uh, at 7 o'clock, the event out at Fan Ewing. Hmm. Not too bad at all. Yeah, Hawk Fest. Uh, pretty good uh, day of activities. Well done. Get your tickets if you want to hear Doug Peterson. 888-993-7762. Coming up next, our party shots. Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price for how many doors, cars, trucks, and SUVs, the king of the road, car king. We treat you like royalty. We earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing. The king of the road, the king of the road, car king. Whether you have a sports or an orthopedic injury, nagging low back or neck pain, work-related injury, or even vertigo, get the care and treatment you need at Legacy Outpatient Therapy Services. LOTS has been a reliable health care provider for Ruston and the surrounding communities for over 15 years. Give Chase Patterson and his team of skilled therapists a call at 318-255-9601 or visit our website at LegacyRehab.net. LOTS official partner of Louisiana Tech Athletics and your home for trusted therapy solutions powered by Legacy Rehabilitation. The newest lawn equipment pro center in the area is your new Cub Cadet Superstore, Yard Power. Yard Power in Monroe is your source for the full line of Cub Cadet mowers. In fact, they're the only dealer in Northeast Louisiana. And Yard Power is loaded with Cub Cadets. Over 100 mowers on the ground ready to roll. All backed by a full service and parts department. So remember YP, Yard Power. On Highway 165 in Monroe, just one mile north of Century Lane. Get your craw daddies now at Randall's Fine Meats. Randall's Fine Meats has your craw daddies ready to go every day. Low prices for live or boiled. Ask about their 5 and 10 pound specials on some of the best crawfish around. Plus, Randall's will even cater your next event. Just give them a call, 343-0382, and book in advance. Randall's also has your specialty stuffed meats. And you have to try his fried cracklins. At Randall's, like them on Facebook or just stop on by. Randall's Fine Meats, 4205 Old Sterlington Road, Monroe. Good morning. Here's latest weather conditions for our area. Mostly sunny skies with warmer temperatures today and a high of 69 degrees. Partly cloudy skies and a big cool low tonight, a low 46. Plenty of sunshine in the forecast for tomorrow and a high of 69 degrees. Grab another cup of coffee and keep tuned to the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King and Monroe. Welcome back to the show, man. Who's just cruised uh, on by today? Love Mondays, Jake. Yeah, Mondays are the best. Mondays <laughs> are actually good for this show. Like, I like Mondays. Yeah, you say that now at 845. Were you saying that at 655? I mean, it was a long weekend, but I'm just saying, like, Mondays, usually we you know, get to recap the weekend. It's I enjoy the Monday show. Hmm. 888-993-7762. You got one more opportunity to weigh in here. Uh, on the morning drive. Uh, a couple parting shots, uh, random things from uh, this weekend. Things that stood out to you the most, Jake? Things that stood out to me over the weekend? Um, I, I think I would have to circle LSU and Tech just because 
they're on a collision course yeah. and, and the baseball. Game. But it's just a midweek game. Just a midweek game doesn't mean much, right? Um, it means a lot. To, well, okay, first of all, it means a lot for state pride. Uh, two, it means a lot because, like we've been saying, this could be a big deal in terms of RPI for Louisiana yeah. Tech. Because you know LSU's RPI will increase as they get into SEC, deeper into SEC play. Um, LSU needs a win. It doesn't matter who it's against. LSU needs some positive momentum mm. after dropping that series against Texas A&M. And I'm really, really interested in seeing how David Leal does against LSU. And, you know, not that this is a real potent offense right now. I mean, this starting lineup is, is hurting, and they're likely going to be without Bryce Jordan. So, you know, this, this lineup is uh, is searching for answers, and yet they have to go up against David Leal, who has been hmm. special this year. Could this be the first of two marquee wins for Louisiana Tech over LSU? Could be. Oh, wow. No, I I, I think, uh, you know. <laughs> Referencing, of course, I they're going to be on the football field here in the fall. This uh, which should be the end of uh, Ed Orgeron's career at LSU. It would certainly be the end of Ed Or. And I think a lot of people are getting carried away. Like, I think it's right to temper expectations when you're, when you're talking about LSU's football yeah. season. But to say they're only going to win six games is pretty ridiculous. Mm. Like, you're not you, – you, if you say that – to me, you don't understand the talent they have on that front seven of the defense. Mm-hmm. And Dave Aranda is still coaching that defense, mm-hmm. by the way. So, Lane Burroughs will join us tomorrow for his weekly visit. should be a great conversation as uh, we look forward to uh, the Dogs and the Tigers tomorrow night. Uh, you mentioned a couple things when we came in uh, this morning on uh, viewing habits, and I, I want to see this. And there's a lot of play, and it's actually getting great reviews. And it's certainly worth mentioning with this uh, WrestleMania behind us now. The uh, Andre the Giant documentary uh, supposedly is extremely good. Uh, you can check it out on HBO. Yeah, that's tomorrow night. I'm looking forward to, to watching that. And also, Paterno dropped this weekend. I hadn't had a chance to watch it yet. I hope to find some time today to watch it. Uh, I would love to talk about that, though. I heard that had great reviews as well. Mm. Might be so a tough I just want to so. see the old clips of uh, Andre the Giant. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, apparently they have footage, and I heard you know some people talking close to the business saying that they learned new things as well. Like, they, they were surprised in watching some of the stuff. Uh, the director has been part of uh, four 30 for 30 films, including The Fab Five, which I thought was outstanding. And yeah. Of course, uh, Bernie and Ernie and The 85 Bears, which was also very well done. Yeah. Something to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Most, most certainly. Other uh, headlines on this parting shot as we wrap up this weekend. Of course, I think we were all enthralled with the buildup, of course, leading into this Masters, and uh, it certainly did not live up to that if you're a huge Tiger fan or or Phil Mickelson. Uh, Tiger, of course, uh, the comeback continues. It just wasn't the huge jump that everybody anticipated. And maybe it was just asking too much of a guy coming off, you know, a back fusion and the number of surgeries he's had over the course of the last three years. Maybe, but you know he just had recent success in a tournament, and that's why. And who who knows that course better than Tiger, yeah. right? So that's why he finishes thirty uh, second overall. Yeah, that's why it was a disappointment to me. And I understand, you know, it's a it's a process. He, he's still working his way back. But the fact that he had recent success in a tournament, the fact that he had, he used to own the Masters, I was expecting much more. I was expecting Sunday to get there to get here and, and not be able to walk away from the TV because mm-hmm. Tiger's in the hunt. 
and it just didn't happen. Mm. Thus, my interest in the Masters was, was hurt by that. I think it also says about the, the quality and the depth of the fields in golf at this point. I mean, perhaps this isn't the way it was when he was in his prime because the number of great guys that he has to beat week in and week out, and especially for an event like this, the Masters, where the very best are there. Yes. Um, I'll say this. Do you think it's a positive that Patrick Reed won this Masters? The reason why I ask that, let me preface it before I, before I let you answer. I think I personally kind of think it is because if this guy can build on being a villain in golf, villains sell. Man. But he's got to embrace that, though. And I don't know if he, he wants to embrace do that. It. Yes. Yeah, he can't halfway do it. But And I don't even know if you can be a villain or a heel in golf. I got to tell you, I mean, look what just happened. Nobody was cheering for this guy. <laughs> and he's very, what are we talking about today? How, you know, you know, this. I don't know. And Teddy brought it up uh, when they're introduced and Rory gets such an ovation and Patrick Reed, who played golf in Augusta, barely gets he gets, exactly. just, gets the golf clap. Exactly. I mean, the fact that he, you know, you would think that if anybody was making this push on the stage, a guy that, you know, was relatively unheard of making this push and he's played and he played in Augusta. Come on. You would think that he would be. He would become the Cinderella story that everyone embraced, right? But that wasn't the case. I just hate to see family dramas played out on a national scale. True. And I retweeted an article this morning about his family. You know, they live in Augusta, and they were not invited, and they haven't talked or uh, relations with Patrick have been cut off since, I believe, 2013 when he got married. And they're literally there just miles away from the course, and they're celebrating and having a big party. But, of course, there's no communication with the Masters winner. Yeah, but listen – if he can build on the success and, like we said, kind of embrace that heel role, that's going to be fun in future tournaments against the Spees, against the McElroys, mm -hmm. and perhaps against the Wood. We'll see if Tiger can, can check back and continue to get back to the level of play that we're used to seeing. Him. That, that's the key. Uh, Jordan Spieth, his rise continues and how dominant he is, and Ricky Fowler, uh, these young players that keep coming on Ricky's strong. got to break through. Yeah, he will. He's got to break through. He's, he's – like you said, is he ever going to not be the bridesmaid? And once again, uh, WrestleMania, a huge success. Uh, organizers say grossed uh, $14.1 million. That is a, a new record. Beats the one back in 2014, $10.9 million. What was that the it? gate? Oh, yeah. What was it? That's gross. I think they said 83000 there in the Superdome. 78000 78000 Yeah. So. That's what they report. You never know know about these numbers you know what i mean but uh yeah that's 78,133 a big uh, a big success i would say and uh and you got to see some wrestling fans with belts so uh, uh i see the shot that they used to post it, tonight's attendance and it's from the you know the nosebleed section you're like how could you even see the ring from there yeah, i'm sure you can't you just have to watch the screen yeah the new screens that they have in the superdome yeah so I think it's all about the experience, the atmosphere. We've kind of talked about that with the Final Four, yeah. you know, when you're so far away. It's all about feeling it. And the concession stand workers, of course, having to fend off the uh, wrestling fans when they cut off sales at 10 o'clock for alcohol, and then they run out of food earlier. <laughs> I think they needed that alcohol to keep going, <laughs> how long that show was. Uh, that was fun today. Coming up tomorrow, we'll have uh, Lane Burroughs, also uh, Gus Cattengale. He uh, actually went to WrestleMania. We look yeah. forward to hearing his perspective on it. And John Tabor will return from WrestleMania also. Ken, fabulous job on the board today. Don't be a stranger. Absolutely. Thanks, was, guys. 
I think that was actually Tabor's first day off in literally two or three years. I, I'm not joking. The man's earned it. He's a he's a beast, man. He's up here all the time. Thanks for listening to the Morning Drive. Uh, the, the Edge is coming up after the break. Thanks for listening to the best of the Morning Drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts.